This is the Rocky Mountain Review Podcast. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson. And I'm your other co-host, Julia Batalise. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, the live news show that airs 4 to 5, Tuesday and Thursday, on KCSU that has turned into a podcast. And this is what you missed this week. I'm Julia Batalise. And I'm Gabe Peterson. And you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm one of two hosts here at the show, Gabe Peterson. I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Julie Batalise. That's me. And guess what? You're joined in studio with the co-hosts for the future. The future. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We're co-host 2.0. And that yeah. was J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent and future news director. Future. Future. <laughs> as well as Emily Moshak. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, got it, got That's it. Me. Uh, the other news director for next year. Hello. How excited are you guys? Pumped. So pumped. So pumped. <laughs> Wait, so now when you say the other, other news director, that's us. <gasps> oh, my other, God. oh, you can say it now. Oh, you can cool. say it now and I can't make fun of you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can mess it up all I want. <laughs> Anyways, we have a great show for you guys today. We will uh, start off the show with no interview today, but we will jump right into local. We talk about the uh, flight founder, Stan Cass, who passed away. Also talk about the heroin epidemic here in Colorado. Uh, we go into sports. Then we take a break, go to national, talk about a little Mike Pompeo. We talk about that very um, interesting and tragic story of the Southwest Plain, which is also the subject of our roundtable discussion today, as well as another weekly segment done by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability. Um, I guess we're just going to jump right into uh, local and send that right over to you, Emily. Okay. Am oh, I no, first? No. Julia. Julia. Actually, me. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's close. Wrong, it was somebody. wrong, wrong news director. Yeah, it was somebody. Uh, <laughs> um, the founder of Honor Flight Northern Colorado, an organization which takes veterans to see their respective war memorials in Washington, D.C., died earlier this week. The Honor Flight Northern Colorado Facebook page read, quote, With heavy hearts, we must announce that our president and founder of Honor Flight Northern Colorado, Colonel Stan Cass, has taken his final roll call and moved on to his next post. Stan Cass, 84, fought in the Vietnam War and went on to be a colonel in the Army for 29 years, working on projects including the Hellfire Missile System, reports Pamela Johnson of the Reporter Herald. When he retired, Cass returned to Weld County and started the Honor Flight Northern Colorado in 2008. The program takes uh, excuse me, approximately 125 veterans to D.C. twice a year. Overall, Honor Flight Northern Colorado has brought 2,500 servicemen and women to the, to the nation's capital to visit war memorials. Quote, he was just a remarkable person, said Phyllis Minch, uh, who has volunteered with the program for many years and will go to D.C. as a veteran in May. Honor Flight volunteers plan to continue running it after their founder's passing. Cass passed after a short illness. Thank you, Julia. Uh, next story. That is you, Emily. Alrighty. <laughs> In 2016, 228 Colorado residents died from heroin overdose, according to a report that was released on Tuesday by the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment Data, reports Fox 31 Denver. Officials are hoping that a new two-fold approach will help to hinder the heroin epidemic in Colorado, saying that they will have to cut the availability of the drug and provide resources for people who are addicted to it. Officials will also focus on training local law enforcement to help those addicted through a state hotline, as well as prosecuting dealers of heroin. Tom Gorman, director of the Rocky Mountain High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, says that the money will be allocated to law enforcement across the entire state, according to the Denver Post. 
United States Attorney Bob Troyer wants heroin distributors and dealers to know that the police are coming for them with the full backing of the United States government. Like most states throughout the county, country, Colorado has a shortage of bed spaces for addicts who are seeking treatment, and Arapahoe House, which was the state's largest treatment provider for drug and alcohol abuse, closed suddenly in January. Thank Thanks, you, Emily. Emily. Yeah, that's the end of uh, local news, so let's jump right into sports. We'll talk about a little women's golf. The Colorado State women's golf team matched its best finish of the season this week. <clears throat> oh, the, whoa, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> As it finished third in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Katrina Prendergast and Ellen Secors finished third and fourth, and the rest of the team did their part as the Rams to finish in third place, their best finish since 2010. Quote, what was huge for us in this week's success was the back three, Coach Annie Young said, with Jessica Sloot, Haley Greb, and Brooke Nolt stepping up. It helped us get the score that we needed. They struggled for the first time this season, but they came ready to play this week, and it was huge. The season is likely done for most of the Rams, but Prendergast and Secor could receive calls as individuals to compete in the NCAA Championship Regional Round. Let's talk a little football. The Colorado State's football team is only three days away from the Green and Gold Spring football game, and the squad is looking forward to seeing another chance competing in front of their home crowd. Head coach Mike Bobo is seeing his team continue to play with more energy and practices, and he is hoping it helps translate to a very productive spring game on Saturday. The play of the Rams quarterbacks has been a big story all spring, and Bobo commented on the opportunity of the, that the current QBs in practice have to establish themselves before the summer. Quote, we have these guys that are practicing right now, and these guys that we are focusing on right now and that they have to do a good job, Bobo said. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Saturday will be an eventful day for the Colorado State Athletics Department with football's green and gold spring game. Uh, softball will also be hosting San Jose State and the Rams' good time auction all taking place on campus. Very, uh... Solid stuff. <laughs> Solid stuff. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what your comment's going to be, and I don't yeah. know how to respond to it. I don't know. Just transitioned fine. right into softball. But anyways, uh, yeah, that is going to conclude local news here at the Rock Mountain Review. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll jump right into national news. So keep listening here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts here on the show, not the other other hosts. Uh, Julie Battalise is my co-host. How you Hello. doing? Hello. Uh, we have J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent. I'm the other other co-host. The other other and the other 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 uh, Emily Moshak. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> moved. Anyways, uh, we're going to jump right into national. And J.D., you have the first story. Take it away. I do. CIA Director Mike Pompeo visited North Korea as an envoy for President Donald Trump in advance of their meeting, reports Shane Harris of the Washington Post. This meeting was meant to lay the groundwork for the President and Un's meeting on the state of North Korea's nuclear program and the status of denuclearizing the peninsula. According to a tweet by the President, Mike Pompeo met with Kim Jong-un in North Korea last week. Meeting went very smoothly and a good relationship was formed. Details of summit are being worked out now. Denuclearization will be a great thing for world, but also for North Korea. Pompeo states that the meeting was productive and was a setup for a diplomatic solution towards peace in the Korean Peninsula. This marks the highest level of contact between the two countries since 2000, when Secretary of State Madeleine Albright met with Kim Jong-il. 
Thank you, JD. That's, so wait, this was something that like I'm assuming Trump was also aware of, right? Oh yeah, no, he knew. Okay, he, good. So, so like rather than using like diplomatic channels, he was mm -hmm. like, I'll rely on my intelligence officers to do this. Because hmm, I, I suppose it's just a more trusted relationship. I guess so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Julia. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. I was just saying. Um, a wife and mother of two died Tuesday after suffering from a horrific accident that occurred on her Southwest Airlines flight that morning. About 20 minutes into the flight, one of the aircraft's engines uh, engine blades broke and shattered the window that the woman was sitting by, causing her to be sucked into the window, according to Faith Karami of CNN. Fellow passengers were able to pull her back in, but she was unconscious. A registered nurse on board performed CPR on the woman for about 20 minutes, but was unable to revive her. The woman has been identified as Jennifer uh, Riordan, a 43-year-old wife and mother of two, who was also an executive for Wells Fargo in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Her family released a statement urging others to be kind and loving in her memory. Her co-workers at Wells Fargo remembered her as, quote, um, a well-known leader who was loved and respected. Southwest, Southwest released a statement offering their support to the family. The pilot of the aircraft was Captain Tammy Joe Schultz, a former Navy fighter pilot. Passengers of the flight are praising Schultz for regaining control of the plane, as well as for how calm she remained under pressure. Schultz was shrugged off has shrugged off the attention, dismissing it as part of her job and sending her condolences to Riordan's family. Schultz has declined any further interviews with the media, but other passengers have been recalling the terrifying scene to various news outlets, reiterating how grateful they are to be alive. Thank you, Julia. That will also be the subject of our roundtable discussion today. Um, yeah, J.D., take away the next story. Raul Castro is handing over power to Miguel Diaz Canel as Cuba's new president, marking the first time since 1959 a Castro has not led the Caribbean nation, reports the BBC. Diaz has been acting as vice president for the past five years and in his inaugural address stated, there is no room in Cuba for those who strive for a restoration of capitalism, cementing his commitment to the communist ideals of the Castros before him. Diaz received 99.8% of the vote for his nomination as president and demonstrates a political continuity from Castro's generation to the next in an orderly handoff of power. Thank you, JD. Yeah, that's going to conclude national news. Yeah, but we'll be going into our se our uh, science segment done by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability. So stay tuned. We have that coming up right now. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Welcome to the Weekly Sustainable Digest. Brought to you by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability. This week on the Sustainable Digest, fixing the flaws in your fast fashion. It's been a long week at work. Your favorite shirt ripped, your pants button came off in the middle of a presentation, and nice new work clothes are not in the budget. Being the fashion color that you are, you head down to the mall to pick up some cheap new clothes and get your retail therapy while you're at it. Little do you know, the next few weeks will be worse. Your cheap clothes start to show their worth as the embellishments fall into your coffee and your pants tear after lunch. So the cycle begins again. With the help of fast fashion, our closets are getting fuller and fuller every year, and we're finding ourselves in a world of waste. 
our fashionable fits are falling apart just as fast as they're falling out of trend. The most fashionable stores are turning over their inventory multiple times a month, so it's no wonder quality is plummeting. Fast fashion is simply not made to be worn and washed and worn and washed as many times as consumers may have hoped. The threads are weak before you purchase the clothes, and when you take them home, your washing machine will be sure to find each and every manufacturing flaw. So after a day at the mall, what you're really ending up with is two weeks of wear, more clutter in your closet, and more trash in your life. The average shoppers are throwing out 81 pounds of clothing each year. Maybe some pieces are out of style or simply don't fit, but many find the trash to be the only answer, even for some of their favorite clothes, when they begin to show signs of wear. And the result is devastating. With 13 trillion pounds going into the landfill, our clothes are sitting unworn for an average of 200 years, leaching harmful chemicals into the water and soils of the communities that surround these dumps. Imagine a football field covered with 14 feet of clothes rotting in your backyard, in your kid's backyard, in your grandkid's backyard for generations and generations to come. What we have lost is the ability to repair our clothing. Repair leads to reuse and give clothes a second life. This keeps them out of the trash and reduces the number of textiles going to landfills each year. Maybe it's your grandmother's old jean jacket or your brand new Forever 21 dress. Either way, time will take its toll. Here's where you choose your next move as a fashionista. Do you do as your grandmother would have and fix it yourself, or continue the fast fashion cycle and find something new instead? For some, the answer is simple. Sewing is hard, but shopping is easy. And we agree. Mending your clothing can be challenging, and paying someone else to do it makes buying a $10 top that much more appealing. But there are other options. Second-hand clothing is often cheaper than fast fashion. The best part is, these are usually high-quality garments that have made it through one owner and are still in good shape. Slow fashion may be the answer for those unwilling to wear what someone else once owned. Slow fashion pushes the clock back and works to create timeless, high-quality pieces that stand the test of time. A win-win. But regardless of how you will shop in the future, the items in your closet now may still need a little pick-me-up. Whether your favorite shirt has lost one too many buttons or your jeans finally ripped somewhere a little too close for comfort, mending is an option and learning can be easy and even rewarding. This Saturday from 11 to 5 at Civic Center Park, the School of Global Environmental Sustainability's Clothing and Sustainability Research Group will be hosting a clothing mending cafe. They say why throw it away if it's not broken? Let's repair it. Not only will they be providing free mending, they will also host demos throughout the day so you can learn how to fix a tear or sew on a button for all of your future mending needs. The Clothing and Sustainability Group will also be hosting a clothing swap on Sunday, April 22nd from 12 to 4 at the Agave Room above the Rio in Old Town. Their final Earth Week event is a free screening of The True Cost at the Lyric Theater on April 25th from 6.30 to 8. For more information about this event and other events, visit sustainability.colostate.edu. Thanks for joining me, Sarah Van Hatten, for the weekly Sustainable Digest from Colorado State University. For more information, you can find us on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, or kcsufm.com.
Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, very nice job, again, done by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to get into our roundtable discussion, just kind of talking about the incident that happened on Southwest, um, kind of how it's been handled <clears throat> post-tragedy, and um, yeah, so that'll be our subject, as well as after that, we will be talking about the, um, I believe, what is the fraternity's name, Theta Ta. Theta Tau, I believe. I'm not in a fraternity, so I don't know the names. <laughs> Theta Tau. Tau. I, I don't know. Something. TT. Uh, they were suspended at Syracuse after a racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic video came out. So we will also talk about that. Uh, make sure you just stay tuned here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. second annual Operation Bear Hug Obstacle Course and 5K takes place this Sunday, April 22nd. The event starts at 9 a.m. at the CSU Lagoon with food trucks, games, and live music from the Flowbots at noon. There will also be a resource fair to educate the community about suicide prevention. KCSU thanks the CSU Student Veteran Organization for their underwriting support. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts here on the show. Joining the studio with Julie Battelise, my co-host. Hello. Uh, Emily Moshak. Uh, don't technically have a title, but you are the news director for next year. Yeah. That's and my title. Next year news director. Yeah, next year's news director. <laughs> in the works. And J.D. Layton, next year's news director, but also our national reporter. National news, news correspondent. That yeah. was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough on both of y'all's parts. All right, mic off. I know. <laughs> we are going to jump. That was exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> mic off. Uh, we're going to jump right into the roundtable discussion. Um, for anybody out there who hasn't heard, this past Monday, I believe, or Tuesday, Monday, um, Southwest Airlines Flight 1380 experienced an engine failure, and when the engine failure happened, um, one of the fans came in, struck the window. And um, can you repeat the name of um, the individual again? Oh, yeah. Um, Jennifer Reardon. Jennifer yeah. Reardon. Yeah, yeah 43 uh, Yeah, she um, got sucked out of the window, and I believe that there was two um, individuals sitting behind her that tried to pull her back in. Um, that nurse um, tried to give her C- CPR for 20 yeah. minutes. Um, the whole story is tragic. Um, condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to the family. Um, it's just... it's. A super, super, just cool. It's it's something that doesn't ever happen, and it's just kind of tragic to see. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Julia? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like upsetting. I think uh, the one thing that um, we mentioned earlier um, in the actual story was, you know, the fact that the way that the pilot handled it seemed to be um, fairly professional and fairly um, like she was calm basically yep. the entire time, um, which is definitely really important in uh, a time of crisis like that. You really just need someone to be, you know, that the person that's like, okay, I guess. And that definitely would have to be the pilot in that scenario. So I, I'd say by that, like, it seems like that was at least handled really well. Um, something that I was looking at online was, um, does this change um, the idea of, ha- of flying with like a child on your lap? You know what I mean? I would, yeah. I mean, I think that this kind of, because when you go on a flight, you're like, well, there's really no need for a seatbelt. Like, if we're going down, we're kind of going down. But, <laughs> I mean, I think, like, seatbelts are an absolute must now. And I think, you know, flight attendants do walk by and say, can you put your seatbelt on? I think that should absolutely be, like, a requirement now. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even for like the small children, like yeah, how do you think, think they should handle that? I don't know. I just think that this is such a once in a lifetime kind of a situation that it does change people's mindsets, but I don't know because um, you can't just sit a baby all by itself like in in a chair. So, oh, hi Mimi, how are you? <laughs> Anyways, uh yeah, so I just I don't know. It's um Emily, what are your thoughts on it on the whole thing? Um well, I definitely think it raises kind of more awareness or it gives people more respect for the rules of the airline that they have in the beginning, you know, like, I mean, well, maybe it's just me, but I don't really pay attention when they do that whole run through at the beginning, but you definitely think about it now. And especially I saw in a lot of the pictures people were posting like during the accident, a lot of people had their oxygen masks on wrong. Like they didn't have them over their their nose. They didn't have them over their nose, which doesn't really help you Mm. at all. So I think even just like it's a horrible tragedy, but I think people can definitely use it to learn that there's a reason why we have those things at the yeah. beginning of every flight, for sure. I, I think it just goes to show the the age of like commercial airlines. Like they're they're fairly old. Like the average age is 11 years old, uh, and but it's not uncommon to see them stretch into the 30s. So these are these are old planes. You have engine failure and things like that. I'm surprised something like this hasn't happened earlier. Realistically. As terrifying as that is, it's like these are, we're flying like old, like 30-year-old aluminum cans mm-hmm. through through the skies. Yeah, and they, like, they I think it happened on the 16th, and I, I believe that April 15th was the last time that that plane was inspected. So it's just like, <clears throat> it's just like any of those minuscule things can really affect like a flight. Um, and just the way the, that Southwest has handled it. Um, as like a journalism major taking PR classes, like we're learning examples now of how Southwest has handled this because um, they're saying condolences with the family. They're cooperating with authorities. They're doing everything that they can, uh, making sure counseling is happening for all of those like affected in this um, tragedy, the people on board. And, um, you know, Southwest stock has gone up because a lot of people are saying, well, does this change your mind on flying? But, you know, when stocks go up, I don't think this necessarily changes people's thoughts on flying, but um, it, de- it definitely makes you have that little thought in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, it's I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the plus side, though, the uh, federal aviation. Uh, oh, my God. It's the FAA. Yeah. They've uh, instituted new policies where if uh, after a certain number of flight hours, planes have to be inspected. Uh, you know, sooner rather than later to avoid things like this, especially looking at engines in in older planes. It's like, hey, we should probably check this out. We don't want any fans fans flying out. Yeah, absolutely. That defeats yeah. the purpose of safe flying. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, I think that's gonna wrap up our discussion. We'll be coming back here in just a second with um another another roundtable discussion on uh it was I believe a fraternity at Syracuse um that got kicked off campus. Um yeah, stay tuned. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. KCSU and Trippers Lanes present FOCO MX Pre-Party with DJ Gemini, playing Monday, April 26 at 10 p.m., located at Chippers Lanes on College Avenue. Eat, drink, and bowl while listening to live music.
And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts here on the show. I'm joined in studio with Julie Batalise, my co-host. Hello. Emily Moshak, next year's news director. Hello, hello. And J.D. Layton, national news correspondent slash next year's co-news director. This is, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That Fact. is my title. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have our second roundtable today, uh, right now, not today, sorry, today is today, but <laughs> we are going to talk about another uh, Greek society being um, suspended from campus after a racist video has surfaced. It's from Syracuse University, Theta Tau, is it Tau or Tau? I want to say Tau. I think, I think it is Tau. I think yeah. I've heard Tau before. <clears throat> Basically what happened is um, there's a six minute video that the... Um, Orange, uh, whatever the, the school. The Daily did, Orange. The Daily Orange, yep. They posted the video of what happened. Um, <clears throat> if you kind of like look through it, <clears throat> God, man, I'm You're sorry. Um, if, you, if you want, I can take over. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, so basically the video was posted in the Daily Orange, which is Syracuse's um, like student newspaper. Um, and that was actually um, like published after the university declined to release it. Um, and um, there's still an investigation going on now. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was considered racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, sexist, and hostile to people with disabilities. I don't know how you hit all of those in yeah, one wow. video. I, that is I, uh, yeah, I watched the video impressive. before, before how, how this is show. It? Um, Do they knock all the, the, the marks? Well, no, I mean, it's super confusing. I don't understand what they're doing. What they do at the very beginning is they kind of talk about the start of their organization, but as like, as a frat would, you know, joking around, just kind of, being obnoxiously loud and obnoxiously um, drunk, obviously. I mean, I can't say that for certain, but um, when you watch the video, it's it's confusing. They start talking about dogs and dogs defecating out windows onto people and um, just like <clears throat> the foundation of their whole organization as a whole. And then they do this whole, like, I solemnly swear, like, like you're pledging yourself in. And then that's when they get racist. That's when they get homophobic. And just to me, I honestly, like 2015 ago, I can't remember what fraternity it was, but on the on the bus, they said like, no, you know, no bleep, like in SAE, you know? <clears throat> and it's just like, how do these things keep happening? How do these fraternities and sororities and just people in general keep saying these outlandishly hateful things and then record it? I mean, how do you not think that that's not gonna be on CBS or CNN or New York Times? Yeah, I don't know how that, they're just like, yeah, it's not gonna go anywhere. No one's yeah. no one's really worried about, you know, that getting out. But it's it's a big deal, especially when it's coming from an organization, um, you know, a student organization on campus, and it's like all of those people are connected to that. Um, it's a, I, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Well, I think that Theta Tau, Tau um, they are. I don't think they're affiliated affiliated with the university. They are. They're an engineering fraternity. Yeah, I saw so that. So on like you know like here on campus, I don't think that like. Beta Alpha Psi is like the business fraternities associated with the university. I'm not sure, but yeah. with I mean like yeah. it, like an engineering fraternity, like you have like intelligent individuals in that fraternity. Like how can you say these things and how can you let somebody record it at the same time? It's it's honestly mind-boggling, and it's and it's not even the recording. It's just what they were saying. Like in it's 2018, you know, like that. Like people are fighting for these rights. We have the CS Unite thing. 
you can't say that kind of stuff anymore. It's not allowed, and you're going to get in trouble like this. I know. People have no sense of awareness. Even, I mean, of course they shouldn't be saying this stuff, and it's unfortunate, but people do say this stuff all the time. Like, you'll hear it while walking down the street. You'll hear it in the dorms, people saying it with their friends. And not all of them have ill intent. I think they just don't realize the consequences and the hurtful meanings of what they are saying. But they just have no awareness of when that's going to come back. I mean, even with, like, Donald Trump now, you know, people are pulling up videos from, like, 20, 30 years ago, things that he said. It's like, yeah, it's amazing how people don't think that what they say um, has, has an impact. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's one of those things where you can't just say it's like, oh, it's a joke. It's like, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, um, hurting, like, an entire group of people. It's just, that's, it's just too far. It is. And it's, I mean, if anybody is interested out there, uh, you can find the video on Predominantly Orange. Is that what it was? Um, I think it was the Daily the Orange. The Daily Orange, yeah, the Syracuse uh, co- uh, Collegiate Newspaper. It's still it's, up there? Yeah, it's still up there. It's um, it's a confusing video. It doesn't make sense. There was no context to it. There was no need for this. I don't even know why that they were saying this stuff in the first place. And it's, you can't, you can't, you just can't, you got to be held accountable for your actions. And I'm glad that they got suspended because especially three years ago when the Oklahoma fraternity got kicked off, like this is going to happen if you do this. And, you know, it's just have a little, have a little brains. Yeah. What do you think, JD? You said like where all of the the relatively bad comments came in was, was during the pledge. So it's like, yeah. is this the basis of the frat? Is mm. these these things because that's that's even worse i couldn't say i don't think it is i think it's i think it was obviously because you can hear like girls in the background so i think it would might have been like a whatever they do Um, when they get together that like formal or spring dash what i don't i don't know i'm not i'm not greek intelligent but um (laughs) yeah it's um it's a mind-boggling story Really, no, no, it's 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 disheartening to hear things like that. Like I feel like university should be a place where like anybody should come together and be able to not feel necessarily attacked because of whatever type of thing they adhere to, whether that be race, religion, or you know sexual preference or anything like that. So to to hear an organization that I'm, I'm sure at some point they're like, oh yeah, we foster these rights. These are things that we do, and then have them completely go against a creed like that. It's rough. Yeah, it's not. It's not cool. Didn't um, some girl from Alabama just get expelled this year too for doing that uh, Snapchat rant about like a bunch of black people and stuff like that? She got expelled too. So it's just like, how can people still not think that that's going to happen to them? Especially when that speech is not. F- nobody wants to hear that. You know, that's not mm-hmm. funny anymore. Nothing's funny about that anymore. It's it's honestly mind-boggling to me, especially, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to stereotype all engineers, but I would think all engineers have a high level of intelligence. You'd and assume, it, but... I mean, you would assume, but I mean, obviously not. <laughs> um, also from the university's chancellor, um, uh, Kent, oh God, that's an interesting last name, Severed, I want to say, but it's probably wrong, um, wrote in an email to students and faculty on uh, Wednesday morning, quote, there is absolutely no place at Syracuse University for behavior or language that degrades any individual or group's race, uh, ethnicity, sexuality, gender identity, disability, or religious beliefs. Um, and then they said, uh, he said also, upon confirming Feta Tau's involvement, the university's Office of Student Rights and Responsibilities immediately suspended the fraternity, effectively halting all activities do you think maybe they need something similar to rcs unite um march kind of something to 
bring back um, that community feel because that is hitting so many different groups on campus. It's like it affects so many people. This is, uh, I think that's a good question. I'm not necessarily sure, though, because, you know, it's the issue we'd had a sort of repetition of events as well as like the scaling of like uh, like white, white supremacist groups spreading flyers and trying to recruit here. So, I, and I, I don't necessarily know if something like that's happening in Syracuse. It might be. And uh, if it is, I think it might be time for them to sort of have their own yeah. coming together. But if this is the first and only isolated incident, it's, that's, pro- that's, that's pretty good. They're doing a good job if that's it. But it's still bad that things mm-hmm. like that can happen. Um, yeah. That like, that sounded like I was like, oh yeah, we only had this one bad thing. But if it's just this one event... Like maybe it's like an isolated thing. Yeah, hopefully, ho- hopefully it's an isolated thing, yeah. and it's not you know the tip of an iceberg of much of a much deeper you know challenge too. Yeah, even then though, I feel like it never hurts to kind of just reiterate mm-hmm. you know that message yeah, of community no. and yeah, give people a space to kind of come together and yeah, and that's definitely something we've talked about a lot is like where does a university like how far is like far enough to like um, you know really do something for the community that's like is an email enough kind of thing um just like feeling like yeah we have these resources yeah we're here for you but if it's only in an email does it does it mean as much as um you know another um another sort of like march or something along those lines yeah well Um, then it also comes down to it too like how responsible the school is for it mm -hmm. and just i don't know like I mean, ultimately, it's those kids that are saying something, and I think a school definitely has to address it, but it's like, how much can you do before you just have to acknowledge that whoever's saying this is just has horrible values, and like, I don't know, you know? Like, how much responsibility of that is on the school? That's a good I point. I kind of wonder. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to wrap up our roundtable discussion. If you have any f- thoughts for us on um, the, um, the the fraternity at Syracuse, um, feel free to call or text in 970-491-5278. Once again, 970-491-KCSU. Um, we'll be coming back here in just a moment. Um, we'll be having our uh, music segment actually done by myself on uh, McCafferty's newest album, Yarn, um, as well as everyone's favorite segment, Weather. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned. You we're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Gabe Peterson. Joining the studio with Julie Battalise. Hello. Emily Moshak. Hello. And JD Layton. Howdy, howdy. Emily, or not Emily, sorry. Julia, you Hi. did the uh, music segment. Tell us about it. Yeah, so um, it's basically off McCafferty's newest album. came out uh, March 23rd. Uh, it's called Yarn. Uh, it's a little different from some of the stuff that they had in the past, but uh, you'll be hearing that in just a second anyway. Um, but yeah, here's that's coming up right now. This is uh, McCafferty's new album. Uh, you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Well, Julia, great job. Thank you. That was very well done. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy doing the music segments in general, though, yeah. because they're just so much fun. <laughs> I know. I would listen to them, actually. They sound pretty good. Yeah. they yeah. Their um, earlier albums, uh, like, kind of like I said, they were very... Um, 
very blunt and there's a lot of uh a lot of songs that were still really blunt on that album that like even as like a listener of them uh like a regular listener of their listener of them i was still really like surprised that they would say things and you're like okay oh, that was okay. out of left field but it's still <laughs> like i don't know um it like i don't know keeps you keeps you on your toes a little bit um so yeah i've always re- I've, I've liked mccafferty for a little bit now yeah um but yeah so. Wish I still had my long hair. I was headbanging there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the end of our music segment. Great job, Julia. Um, we're at the end of the show, so I guess uh, suppose it's weather. Weather. Weather, <laughs> weather or not, we do it. JD's like, give it to me. I need the weather. <laughs> give it to me. Well, today, <laughs> today, today was a beautiful day. Today was a beautiful day. Uh, 62 degrees right now. Sunny, beautiful. Everybody's out and about. Everybody's chilling on the IM fields, having a great time. Unfortunately, that's coming to an end. As tomorrow, it is a high of 51 with a 70% chance of precipitation. So it is going to rain all day tomorrow. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be between high of 51, low of 34. So it's probably going to be mid 40s all day. Um, and then that does not stop. As Saturday, it's going to snow. Uh, 50% chance of snow. Um, it's looking like it's going to be uh, 50 degrees around like 5 p.m. So it's going to be one of those Colorado storms where it kind of just like snows for a little bit and then it stops, gets sunny. And what are you looking at me like that? Wait, for? wait, wait. There's no way after this weather. I already messed up the pun. Okay. <laughs> There's anyway. no way after this weather. We're getting... Snow way. Oh, but oh, it's no. looking like Sunday is going to be a high <laughs> of 70 degrees. So it's going to come full circle. And yeah, so just kind of enjoy your weekend indoors, hang out with the homies, and just have a good week. <laughs> Saturdays are for the boys. Saturdays are for oh the boys. Oh my goodness. Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's going to conclude the Rocky Mountain Review. Thank you to Bjorn Larson. Thank you to Katie Otter. Thank you to Raven Color, our uh, reporters that contributed to today's show. Thank and you, JD Layton. School of Global Environmental and Sustainability. School, yep, school, yep. Wonderful um, job. Yeah, you, yeah. Like you were saying. Sorry. Continue. No, you're, yeah. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Emily, and thank you, Julia. Thanks. And thanks, thank you, Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> thanks, Gabe. Gabe. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back here uh, on Tuesday. You can catch the Rocky Mountain Review Tuesday, Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, anyway, you are listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.